Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. We're going to turn the time of ministry over to our Mother's Day speaker, our brother Frankie Gomez. Good morning, everybody. Um, happy Mother's Day. Um, I was telling them in the breakout session what we did for Mother's Day this weekend. I know for those of you that know my wife, she's very much an extrovert. Um, she likes to be out and about, and that's something that's been hard for her, um, not being able to go out as much uh, as a family. And um, So for Mother's Day, we got a hotel out in um, Clearwater Beach. Um, they just opened up on Thursday, and um, we've been staying um, in this hotel. Um, we got here Friday. Uh, all the workers are happy to be right back back to work. Uh, they've been off for about a month. But anyway, all of this has um, really influenced what I'm speaking about this morning. Usually on Mother's Day, I do like to go into... Uh, I don't know how many years in a row now it's been that I've spoken on Mother's Day, but usually go into a godly attribute that I see um, in either my wife or in um, my own mom growing up. Um, this um, attribute is something that I've seen in both of them um, as moms, um, as mothers, as, as wives, um, and seen the contentment, um, and it's a, a godly kind of contentment, uh, a godly kind of peace um, that can happen and can really come out from believers when we are uh, in tune with um, godly living and uh, the, the right kind of praying um, and um, and the right kind of thinking. And one of the passages, and um, those of you that have been around know, I really do um, enjoy, especially for this, and contentment and worry and things like that, um, in Paul's letter to the Philippians. And in, um, if you've heard my outline before, um, I think it's also something that goes along with what we're living through right now. Um, and it's always, I've always kind of, when I outline Philippians, um, it's, the outline is based on viruses that could steal our joy and the antidotes. Um, in chapter one, the, the virus would be um, negative circumstances um, the circumstances of life, the waves that toss us around in our lives, um, and that could steal our joy if we don't have the right kind of mind about it. The antidote is uh, having a single mind on sharing the gospel. Um, in chapter 1, Paul, when talking about his own defense in a trial that could, could take his life, um, he talked about that he would be standing in defense of the gospel. Um, so that single mind on the gospel um, can help us to keep our joy. Um, what is more joyful than the gospel message that we have to share with others? Um, having that single mind on the gospel is an antidote 
to the virus of negative circumstances. Um, in chapter two, we've seen the virus of, of people, of people in our lives that, um, that would weigh heavy on our, um, on our minds that, that cause us, people in our lives that cause stress, um, that cause um, anger to rise up in us. Um, when my wife um, uses the term sandpaper, um, they're like it, people that just rub us the wrong way or like our sandpaper, even if they do something nice, we're wondering what their motives are. Um, but um, the antidote for uh, a joy-stealing person or joy-stealing people in your life would be have a submissive mind of Christ. And we know that from Philippians chapter two, but this mind being you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Um, the submissive mind of Christ is the antidote um, for the virus of people that would come and steal our joy. Uh, and chapter three, we see that our things or a lack of things, or maybe even social status that we've achieved in the secular world, um, that that could steal our joy as well. Um, Paul in chapter three talks about the things that his own status that he could have been proud of, his own status that um, he could have dove into head first and, and gained um, a lot of power and prestige. Um, however, uh, he chose a, a spiritual mind instead of having that natural mind or that carnal mind. Um, he chose have a spiritual mind about things and to speak and to seek um, to seek out spiritual things and spiritual treasures um, instead of the, the earthly things. And then we get to chapter four and in, in chapter four in chapter four of Philippians um, we have Worry, um, worry can steal our joy. And um, we see it in chapter four and the, the last few times, I think if I've ever spoken on chapter four in Philippians, I probably focus on the first nine verses. Um, those are probably the most well-known. Um, I'll read those nine verses now, but... Um, you can read along with me in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 1 through 9. It reads, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech since that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other, my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, which whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, 
if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Here, um, it, I'll go over some of the things which I know if I've spoken on Philippians 4 before I've touched on, and really I want to go into the verses that follow, but um, to set those verses up, we have to go through these things. Um, careful. It says, um, we read, be careful for nothing. Maybe if you've read in other translations, you've heard, be anxious for nothing. And the word careful there in the, um, in the Greek, that word that is translated sometimes anxious or careful, literally means to be pulled in different directions, to be pulled apart. And sometimes we know when we're anxious about something, there's different ways that we can go. And, and a lot of times, you know, the, that pulling is the hopes that we have, our own goals for the future, and then fear that would be pulling us back. Um, the old English word that would get in the way of that being translated anxious, that gets it being pulled in being translated old English word that they chose, um, where we get the word worry from, it means strangle. And I know we see sometimes that those effects of stress, the physical effects of stress that come in, it's like strangle. It's like being strangled on, you know, um, makes it difficult to breathe, you get headaches, and neck pain can come from stress, ulcers come from stress, um, back pain can result from stress and anxiety and um, that worry. Um, being, being worried or being anxious about things um, affects our digestion sometimes, our thinking. Um, it affects the coordination. Um, for believers, and why Paul urges us to be anxious for nothing, um, anxious in nothing, for believers, that kind of worry lets us know that, you know, we have the wrong thinking about something or, or it could be and, um, the right feeling. Wrong thinking would be our mind and wrong feeling would be our heart. And we see later on um, in verse 7 when... Um, Paul writes in verse 7, says, The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep our, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word keep is like that guard that was, that was chained to Paul, the, the guard at his door that kept him. Um, the peace of God is the guard over our hearts and minds. Um, but we saw ver the beginning of verse 7 says, and the peace of God. What has to happen in order for that, uh, the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds? Um, we see in verse 6, in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The right praying um, in our lives, the right kind of praying. Uh, can allow the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds. 
Um, if you just read through, you say, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Um, Paul's not just being um, repetitive here. Those are different words for prayer, different kinds of prayers, different goals of the prayers. Um, that first word for prayer is more adoration. It's more worshipful um, by prayer, by adoration, by the, by the worship of God through prayer. And then supplications. Um, we know supplications is directly asking for, for your needs to be met. Um, it's asking God to fulfill the needs that you have in, in only the way that God can. That earnest sharing of needs that we have with God when we know a situation is beyond our control, we lay it at the Lord's feet. Um, we know we're not heard for much speaking um, as the Lord um, said himself in Matthew chapter 6, right? Um, but our Father does want us to show our earnest, um, to be earnest in our asking for him. Supplication, it's not a matter of our carnal energy in our prayers. We've seen maybe some people on, on TV and, and the TV preachers or people praying on TV or um, out in public and um, and we see them with just great energy praying for something. It's not about that, but that inward, that spiritual intensity, knowing that reliance on God is the only thing um, that could um, get us through a situation. And then finally, that thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, that appreciation, the giving of thanks, and we know um, how the Lord desires, um, not that he needs us, to thank him, but that he desires for us to be thankful. We know that um, at Luke 17, when the Lord healed the 10 lepers and one came back um, to thanks and how, how the Lord Jesus responded to that, uh, that leper that was healed that came back to give thanks. This type of praying is really a culmination of having our hearts and minds right uh, you know, having that single mind on the gospel obviously will will cause such adoration and, and worship in our hearts. Um, and uh, if, we, if we're, we have the right attitude towards other people, that submissive mind, we can recognize uh, our need for the Lord um, to overrule in certain circumstances. And we can share our needs earnestly if we have a humble mind about things and know that it's out of our control. And then finally, the thanksgiving, um, we can be content and, and thankful for the things that we have. If we have our, the right mind about the things that we have and um, our, status, uh, our status in this life, um, we can be thankful if we're content with those things. So if we, if we think the right way and we feel the right way, we can have the peace of God acting like that sentinel, like that that soldier standing guard over our hearts and mind, uh, no matter what's going on, if we have that right praying in our life. Um, we can see Daniel's example, right? And uh, when Daniel, when King Darius had to give that, when King Darius was tricked into giving that decree that people could not pray or ask and have an earnest supplication for anyone other than him, Daniel still went out and prayed. Obviously, he had right praying because when he was in the lion's den, he had the peace of God. Meanwhile, the king couldn't sleep. Um, the one that was in complete safety 
um, was the one that was anxious, was the one that was pacing back and forth all night, couldn't sleep. Meanwhile, Daniel had his peace um, in the lion's den. Um, next, in verse 8, we see right thinking and that long list, um, that long list of, of what we should be thinking about. Um, the long list of what we should be thinking about, that was actually, I think, the very first message that I was ever asked to speak um, at a youth group at Bible True Chapel in Miami. I was probably 15 or 16 years old, and um, that um, the, the verse that I preached on was Philippians 4.8. Um, just some, some quick thoughts um, about that. The thinking, um, Paul asked, asked them to think about these things. Our thought lives are probably the first part of our life that betrays us during difficult circumstances or when we're around difficult people um, or we lack the things that we think we should have. It's our thoughts that, that start things. Um, I found, uh, I come across the, just um, a quick thought. I don't know who initially wrote it down, but it's uh, along the lines of reaping and you know, sowing and reaping and, and the truth that are laid out in scripture regarding sowing and reaping. Um, you sow a thought. That's where it starts. You sow a thought, you'll reap an action. You sow that action, you reap a habit. You sow the habit, you reap a character. And you sow your character, or that character, and you reap a destiny. Um, we see that truth played out in, in James chapter 1, um, where every man sins when they're drawn away um, of their own lusts. Um, and then the end thereof, when sin has, is fully conceived, sin fully conceives death. Um, it starts with that thought, being drawn away. Your own lust, your own desires draw you away, and um, the end of it is death. Um, think on these things. Um, just some quick thoughts on those things that we're to think of. It, it starts out with truth. Um, think of things that are true, and it's, it, that's important to start off, especially when circumstances are going haywire or you have a person um, that is in your life causing stress uh, or, or you're worried about the things that you have or you don't have, um, focus on what's true, on the truth about those things, on the truth about those people, what you know is true. Um, Dr. Walter Cavert um, did a study um, on, uh, on worry in people, um, that debilitating kind of anxiousness and worry. And in his study, only 8% of those worries were legitimate in the first place or impactful upon that person, that specific person. 92% of the worries were either imaginary or the things they were worried about had no direct impact on, on that person's future. Um, we need to remember that Satan is the liar. Uh, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Um, John 17, 17 leads us through truth. Satan seeks to lead us through lies. Um, honest and just, that's things that are worthy of respect and right. Um, pure, and we think of that, that moral purity. Um, we think of sexual purity. Um, lovely. Um, that was that one that um, 
that when I first looked at lovely and what it is, it's things that are attractive or nice, but really the lovely, a love that is towards affection or uh, on thoughts that would bring you towards love, um, towards other people. Don't think about those things or those rumors, those um, non-truths about someone or um, the, the assumptions that you have about someone that would bring you towards hatred of them, that would bring you towards dislike. Think about those things that would bring you towards love. Um, then the base word for that word that's translated lovely is philios or that brotherly love, the things that would bring you towards an appreciation as a brother uh, of another person. Don't think about those things that, uh, that cause you anger or resentment towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. Think about the things that you know that they are doing for the Lord. Think about the good qualities that they have that have, um, that have made you a better person um, or that have brought you closer to the Lord. Good report. Um, that's things that are worth talking about. A lot of times, um, in our conversation, sometimes they go down rabbit trails, they go down areas that are not worth talking about. But if you think about things that are worth starting a conversation, um, those are the things um, to think about. I think of um, when worth talking about, what's more worth talking about than the gospel, right? Than, um, than salvation. Uh, I think about those times in, at Camp Horizon and training camp where um, one of the things during training camp that all staff members have to do is turn a basic conversation around worldly things or around physical needs and, and turn it to a spiritual conversation that leads to a sharing of the gospel. Um, and I remember as a teenager looking around at all of the different things happening at camp, at, at sitting down at the lunch, at the table at lunch in the dining hall and, and looking for things that could help me draw an analogy to the gospel that could help me bridge my conversation to the gospel and looking at everything through that lens, uh, focused my thinking on, on God and on, on who God is on, on the Lord Jesus and on salvation. Um, imagine if in our everyday lives, we were always looking at things through that lens, through the lens of what, how can I talk about the most important thing? with this object um, and being at camp at those times and having that exercised in my mind um, and, and seeing how other people responded. I'll never forget standing nearby at camp watching a, a space shuttle lift off and somebody turned this, the space shuttle into a gospel message. Um, salt and pepper shakers at, the, at, at a dining hall table or getting water um, back before there was a juice machine, there was a water cooler type thing there and getting cold water from there and turning that into a spiritual conversation like the Lord Jesus in John chapter four with um, the woman at the well. Um, and see, looking at everything through that lens, through the lens of what's most important to talk about, things that are of good report, um, and that can really focus you on, on spiritual things um, no matter what setting you find yourself in. The next one, possessing virtue and praise. Um, and those words, um, it's something that motivates you to do better. If it possesses virtue, it motivates you to do better. 
if it has praise, it's worth commending to others. You know, this, this list of things, and uh, I remember reading it one time and forcing myself to go back to Psalm 19 and verses 7 to 11. Um, and really a lot of these words um, the psalmist uses to describe the word of God. Um, if you're not sure, and, and if you haven't turned back, Psalm 19, 7 to 11, you probably know the verses by heart. You just might not know it. It's a, it's a camp song, a Sunday school song, The Law of the Lord. Um, and now probably some of you are whistling it or humming it, um, The Law of the Lord. And you go back into Psalm 19, 7 to 11, you see a lot of these same things from Philippians 4, 8 um, come out in those verses. God's word, you know, adding more of God's word to our minds um, is not going to be ever a bad thing. Um, something that I know during this quarantine time, during this time when we're home a lot more than usual, uh, if you haven't yet, um, use that time, that extra time that you have at home. Use it in the study of the Word of God. Use it to get your mind in the Word more often. Um, Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they who love your word or who love your law. Um, you want more peace during this time, um, add more of the word of God into your life. So we've gone over um, right praying and right thinking. And then in the next couple of verses, verse 9 goes into right living. It says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen um, in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Um, our outward action, a lot of the times, um, influences our inward attitude, and our inward attitude influences our outward action. They're inseparable. And doing wrong is going to result in that internal unrest, and that internal unrest will result in outward wrong. Um, it's that two-way stream. Uh, if uh, if the your if your heart and your mind isn't right, it's going to produce that outward actions that are that are sinful or that are against God. And if you have a continued wrong outward actions, then your inward attitude is going to be um, thrown off course as well. Um, we know uh, Isaiah 32, 17 is the work of righteousness shall be peace. The effect of righteousness, quietness, and peace. So that two-way stream. If you're working righteousness, then you'll have peace. That effect of the inward of that outward righteousness is quietness and peace, and quietness and peace in your actions and in your inward attitude. Um, right living is necessary for that inward peace of God. As, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and even, even those that just have a, a basic idea of, of right and wrong, which every human being starts out with, we know that basic idea of good and evil. Um, if you violate that, um, you have that 
in, that internal unrest, we call it guilt, shame, um, you feel it. Um, right praying, right thinking, and right living gives us a peace that in, in any circumstance, around any people, and in the absence of anything. Um, I said at the beginning that um, our stay here and, and actually going out into um, going to the beach and things like that, now that things have opened up, uh, would inform my message a little bit. And here's where that's going to happen. Um, contentment. And um, the next few verses in Philippians, um, I'll read um, a few verses ahead, starting in verse 10. It says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at the last your care of me, having flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, a lot of times that verse 13 gets thrown around for all kinds of things. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, what Paul is talking about is having contentment no matter what the situation. Paul is talking about being the same, uh, whether you have a lot or whether you have little, um, whether, um, whether you're hungry or whether you're full, um, to be acting the same. I know um, the, the chocolate bar brand Snickers has a whole commercial, a whole marketing strategy that shows when you're hungry you act different you're mean to people when you're hungry you're um you're crabby when you're hungry and paul here is going opposite the snickers saying, i can be i can do all things through christ who strengthens me christ is the one that gives me contentment if i'm hungry i'm the same as if i'm full um i've heard the analogy you know some people are thermometers and some people are thermostats um, you don't want to have someone who's a thermometer in any, in, in any form of leadership. Um, a thermometer just, it, it mimics the outside temperature. It mimics the circumstances. A thermostat sets, um, sets the temperature um, of the environment that you're in. Paul was definitely a thermostat. Um, that's something if I think of my own mom, my own mother on Mother's Day, she was a thermostat. Um, she set the pace. Um, she set the, um, the, what was going on in our home. She set the temperature. And uh, we want to be like that in our own environments, not um, talked around with the way other people are thinking and feeling or the, the, the circumstances. And how can someone do that? Uh, well, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. Um, I came across a story of um, um, Dr. Wearsby, uh, Warren Wearsby, who wrote a, a, lot of, um, a lot of commentary books on all the epistles, and then I think he went back and wrote 
little commentaries on every book of the Bible. Um, but one experience that he shared, we shared a couple of experiences related to air travel um, in regards to this. Um, one time waiting for a flight that had been delayed due to crazy weather. Um, it was only him and one other person that stuck around the whole time waiting for the flight to take off. And uh, Dr. Wearsby was sitting in the, in the waiting area um, praying and um, focusing on um, what he was going to be speaking about where he was going. Um, he had his Bible open and he was praying and just sitting in the seat. And the other person was just pacing back and forth, um, punching the chairs and um, out of control. Uh, and finally, the man stopped pacing and just looked at him and asked the question that we all hope, we all pray for that opportunity for someone to ask us this question. Why are you so calm? And there you have a, a, an opportunity to share the gospel just on a silver platter. Um, so to speak. Um, another time, um, he talks about being in it, on an airplane and they're ready to land, but something happened on the ground that caused them to just circle and the pilot gets on and says, uh, you know, sorry for the delay. It's going to be a couple of hours um, before we're able to land. And someone sitting near him says, all right, time for the booze. Um, he had a couple of opportunities to share the gospel in those next few hours while they waited. Um, what that man screamed out, that time for the booze, time for alcohol, um, when, when circumstances are tough, when situations are beyond everybody's control, such as the situation we're in now, People rely on whatever they have in reserve to get them through. And now is the time that we see when things are reopening and um, we see what people go to when they're stressed, when they're anxious. And if they're not in Christ, it's things that are going to cause them even more stress. Um, it's alcohol, it's drugs, it's sex, it's anger, it's violence. These are the ways that, that the world deals that people without Christ, I should say, um, deal with their stress and anxiety. Um, we see it at a, as an assistant principal at a middle school. I see, you know, a student that gets in trouble in a classroom for blurting out the answer and just spirals out of control and they slam the door as they leave the classroom without permission and they go down the hallway punching lockers. You know, violence, that's the way that they get their stress out, through violence and aggression. And then now, um, I, I followed one boy, he was so angry, punching things, he ended up going down um, to, our, to the first floor, all the way down the stairs, um, and he, he punched a brick wall literally punched his hand into a brick wall. He ended up breaking three fingers doing it. Um, it that anger, he went into his reserve, the aggression and the violence, it caused more pain. Um, during this difficult time, 
if we have the right, the right thinking, the right praying, if, if we have the peace of God and it's evident in our lives, it's going to become more and more evident the more stress people get around us. Um, we see, I see things on, on social media and you see them in the news every day of people just losing, losing control in a store or losing their minds um, in, in a social situation or around other people. Um, people are stressed out. And now is the time that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are staying in the word and have the right praying and, and continue righteous living, um, it's going to stand out in a crowd and we might get that opportunity um, more than ever before uh, of someone walking up to us and saying, how can you have so much peace in this situation? Um, again, having that single mind on the gospel, having a, that humble, submissive mind of Christ, um, focusing on spiritual things when everything else goes sideways, um, it provides us with an opportunity. It can provide us with an opportunity to share our faith um, more than anything else, um, having peace in a, this difficult time. Um, again, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can have peace in a situation when so many people don't have peace through Christ who strengthens me. Let's close in prayer. Our God and our Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, um, um, Lord, this, this time that we're in, Lord, we ask that more than ever we can be a light to the world. More than ever we can be that, that city on a hill, um, the salt of the earth. Uh, Lord, we can show the people around us that don't have Christ uh, in them. We can show them what true peace looks like in any situation. Um, Lord, we ask for opportunity through this time to share the gospel with others. Uh, again, Lord, we thank you that we can meet together in this way during a time when we can't go out and we can't meet in the, the way that we're accustomed to. We're, we're thankful for the technology we have to meet with one another. Um, again, Lord, um, we ask that you would keep us safe and healthy. Um, our, our loved ones that are in harm's way um, with this virus, Lord, we pray that you would protect them. Uh, and Lord, we, we thank you um, for the measure of safety that you've given us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.